you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from the com. The com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys coming by the show and being part of it. As always, the Chris Voss Show is a family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as that scale you step on in the morning. We all went. We all have been there. You know what I mean. Uh, or it's the mirror. Don't get me started on that. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, as always, we have the most amazing guests. We have an amazing mind on the show. We're talking about one of my favorite topics, leadership. Uh, you may have heard of that. I like leadership. Uh, leadership's kind of cool. Changes your paradigm in the world. And so we're going to be talking about that, the C-suite, how to su- uh, be successful in the C-suite. Probably be successful in your life because leadership and vision pans into uh every aspect of your life i mean parents are leaders uh you know you're you're probably a leader it's not about job title you don't have to be a big ceo elon musk to be a leader it's kind of funny how people do that they're like i'm not a leader chris i'm just a manager you know i'm just i work front line no you can be a leader anywhere uh you just have to take charge and and uh, lead so there you go we'll be talking about the amazing insights of his amazing book but in the meantime that's our setup for the shaming and guilting please for the show to your family friends and relatives please for the love of god please do it no i'm just kidding uh go to uh let's see itunes.com uh forward says chris foss five star review go to goodreads.com forward says chris foss youtube.com forward says chris foss linkedin.com forward says chris foss subscribe to the big linkedin newsletter and hey we're starting to get cool over there we're getting traction on tiktok with some of the new ai systems we use to cut up the content uh, go to chris foss one on tiktok and the chris foss show podcast on tiktok it's kind of cool what ai is doing man it's changing the world uh he is the author of the amazing book uh that has been on amazon since november 3rd 2020 uh, the t- book is entitled c-suite and beyond the four keys to leadership success tom Koretsky or Kretsky uh, is uh, joining us on the show. Did I get that right, Tom? Perfect. There you go. Uh, he is on the show uh, with us today. He's going to be talking about his amazing book, and we're going to learn a lot about uh, some of the stories he's collected and things that have gone into it. And uh, I think you're going to be impressed. I think I'm impressed. I think you will be too. And if not, well, you know, you can call the show and ask for your money back. Wait, we try. We it's this show is free. What do you want from me, people? Two to three shows a day? Uh, Tom is an industry influencer who adds value to individuals and helps companies reach their highest potential through life-changing leadership principles. Uh, Tom is a highly sought-after coach, mentor, and speaker. His approach to leadership comes from a lifetime of international experience. He has built and led executive teams at Colgate. Paul Mollive, that reminds me, I need to order some uh, uh, fluoride toothpaste. Uh, Phillips Electronics, Wreck-It... 
Ben Kisser. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing Kaiser. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. Ben Kisser. There you go. And the Strauss Group in uh, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East, Latin America, and the United States. He's been so international, I can't pronounce half the companies he's been with, damn it. So unlike many leadership experts who have not had the privilege of being in leadership, he's lived his life as a leader and created the challenges that most people face in life. And uh, welcome to the show, Tom. How are you? Living the dream. Thank you so much for having me. Living the dream there. There you go. Uh, give us a .com. Where can people find you on the interwebs, get to know you better? I have a curse and a blessing of a last name that you had trouble pronouncing. So if you Google uh, Karesti, you find my sister, myself, and my two daughters. Uh, so it's easy to find me. You can find me on LinkedIn. That's my biggest following. Uh, but I'm, you know, or on Amazon, just uh, Karesti, K-E-R-E-S-Z-T-I. ZTI. Uh, and uh, there'll be a link on the Chris Voss show. So, Tom, you've done lots of travels throughout your life. What motivated you want to write this book? So, I have to give my wife credit, right? My, uh, oh. we, went internet, we went internationally in 91 uh, as an expat and lived in six different countries and uh, many continents. And uh, my wife is very outspoken. She she loves sitting at dinner tables at parties and she'll dominate about 70% of the discussion always. This is how she got you write the book too, huh? She <laughs> yeah. cracked the whip and so said, she was always, you know, always sharing the, she was always sharing these stories with everybody dominating the discussion. And somebody said, you know, Kathy, you should write a book. No. Uh, and then, uh, then I said, okay, well maybe I should write the book and looked at it and said, okay, why would somebody read all these stories and put a framework around it? And what I quickly found was, well, my life was working well and our life was working well. Uh, some things were evident and when things weren't going so well, some things were missing. And mm -hmm. you know, it boils down to those four keys uh, to leadership success. And uh, I wrote a couple of chapters, sent it off to about 10 friends, 15 friends, and they all came back and said, Tom, we love the stories. Your writing sucks, but we love the stories. So, 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 okay, right. we can, so that's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, and the book was born. There you go. Well, that's what editor is for, you know. You, you have the editors, you know, fix the writing and stuff. That's what I did. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's get into the 30,000 overview of the book. We've I've teased it out a little bit, but let's hear from you. Uh, a 30,000 overview of what's inside the book. Well, look, one of the reasons we wrote the book is, is people hate their jobs, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if, if you take some polling out there, probably about 70, 80% of people hate their bosses. And it's not really they hate their jobs, they just hate their bosses. About, you know, 20% of the people actually like their bosses. I, I look at my own career uh, through that 30 years or 35 year ride through corporate America, there's literally three guys that are highly respected and would go through a wall for it. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was like, why am I working for this person? My God. So, um, and we spend, I think, uh, I don't know if it's a U.S. number or national or, or global number, but it's about $50 billion corporations spend on uh, leadership training. And, mm -hmm. uh, and we're just really bad at it because most companies take a person who's very good at a skill set, promote them into a leadership position, and they don't really invest in them or train them how to become better leaders, and, and they just fail. Mm -hmm. So really, that's behind the book. It's, it's really looking at myself. And looking at other leaders to say, okay, what what separates them? What makes them different? And why they're successful as leaders? And, and it's not so much. I mean, you know, my career, I, I went from technology to finance to sales and marketing to general management, and kind of rose up through that rank and ladder. 
And it was never because of my skill sets. You know, there were a lot better accountants than me, there were a lot better engineers than me, a lot better marketers than me, but few people were better leaders than me. And and really kind of honing on that leadership skill set. There you go. Now you've worked for a lot of big corporations through the years. Uh, tell us uh, kind of your hero's journey, your story of your life, and and what got you uh, learning leadership and mastering a lot of these skills you put in your book. Look, life. Life happened. A series of doors open, series of doors closed, and mm -hmm. and you kind of just uh, you know through you know sometimes through prayer, sometimes through other stuff. You kind of just look at the door and say, should I go through it? Should I not go through it? Mm -hmm. uh, there is no substitution for hard work, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't be lazy and, and, and get ahead, but, um, you know, it, it's also a lot of it. You, you hear a lot of, uh, people become influencers on that, right? My daughter's an influencer. She's got, I don't know, 20,000 followers on, on Instagram. You know, I've, I've got 15,000 on, on LinkedIn. So I don't, I don't know, but look, inf we're all influencers. Everybody's influencers. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know People, if you're a sales guy, you're trying to influence the, the customer to buy your product. If you're a customer, you're trying to influence the sales guy to give you better terms. But everybody is in the influence business, right? Mm -hmm. And these four keys help you become better influencers. So as I went through life, as I went through the corporate, you know, ladder and, and you know, climb the corporate food chain, it, it's really the old saying is it's who you know, not what you know, but it's, it's really influencing uh, enhancing what I call your circle of influence. So uh -huh. more people know about you, you build your own brand. Um, you know, one of the lessons that I learned about halfway through my career is, is I'm a brand, right? I, I look at myself as a brand. I promote myself as a brand. Uh, I'm not just an individual. I stand for something. And mm -hmm. uh, that's how you grow your influence. And, and that's how you climb the corporate ladder. And hopefully you don't burn too many bridges and piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, everyone's a brand nowadays. Like like you mentioned on social media, they're an influencer. You build your brand. You know, you get as a speaker, as an author. Uh, you know, there's always a food chain that you've got to try and get up your brand, raise, you know, so that you can get some visualization and all that good stuff. You talk in the book about four keys to leadership success. Can you tease some of that out? Yeah, it's, uh, and again, the four keys help you influence others, right? Um, you know, the, the first one is, uh, pretty simple. It's, it's your character. Ah. Who, who are you? You know, who are you as an individual? Um, if, if you want to be a leader, you have to have a very strong sense of who you are and people have to see that and understand that in order for the folly. I mean, if you don't know who you are and people don't know who you are, they're not going to buy into you and you're not going to be able to, you know, become a leader. So who you are is essential. And the equivalent of that for a company is company culture, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we talk about and we spend, you know, a lot of, a lot of money on company cultures. Uh, and there's two types of companies. Uh, every company has a culture. Some companies have a culture which just happens by, you know, natural growth because they don't pay attention to it. And, and the cultures are just born. You may have multiple cultures, depending if it's a larger company with different departments, or you have companies who actually pay attention to it. And, and they, they're mindful of it. They uh, develop it. They nurture it. And, and the culture grows. They act it. They live it. And those are the healthy cultures, right? Uh, but all companies have a culture. It's just, you know, I always tell people, you might as well think about it and put some, you know, put some effort behind it to get it the way you want it because it's going to happen anyway. Let and me ask you this. Like the outcome. Let me ask you this on that concept, because culture is a big thing for me. And I realized a long time ago, and I, I pre-read a lot of books before I, I started building companies, and I understood that laying down a foundation of culture in the beginning is so important, and the leader sets the tone for that. 
uh, um, do you find that most people that don't try and control, you know, try and uh, control is not the right word, but seed maybe, or build or, or lay a foundation to cultivate a good, healthy culture. If they don't do that, a lot of times the culture ends up a little bit toxic or maybe not, maybe not quite as good as it might be. What do you think about that? I, I agree hundred percent. Mm -hmm. If you know, culture is not something that you put on a billboard. Culture is not something you know that's on your website. You know, I say in a healthy environment, in a healthy culture, mm -hmm. uh, it's based on values. It's based on shared values, and the janitor of a company or an engineer in a company uh, should be able to walk up to the CEO and say, "You know, Tom, what you did doesn't." doesn't line up with our values. It, it's just, you, you know, I, I don't understand. How, how can we have a culture and, and and do what you just did? It makes no sense. Right? And uh, in, in many companies, the majority of companies, you know, the, the people who are ahead of the companies are just f too full of themselves. They they can't take that feedback. Right? And, they sh they <laughs> and they should be able to take that feedback because, you know, they're they're the head of the fish. They're, you know, if they, they're not living a culture, how could they possibly expect everybody else in the organization to live the culture? There you it's go. just a bunch of bullshit. You make a great point. The, the fish rots from the head. And I've seen many times, you know, uh, people, uh, one of my, one of my pet peeves is people who run a high school popularity competition thing. And so someone sits narcissistically at the top and wants everybody to pump them up and, and, you know, they run their, they, they don't run their system on merits, people that work the hardest. They run their system on who can kiss their ass the most and pop, be popularity. That's one management thing I hate. Uh, and, and the leader really sets the tone at the top. Um, you know, you bring up a good point or someone actually, Matthew Fulton is calling on the show. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, people want to connect to the person, not the company. And you were talking earlier about, about how uh, even though you're in a company, you still have your brand inside that company. Uh, and let me uh, flush it out and make sure I understand you correctly. So there's times I've gone to a place that I don't like, like I'm not a big fan of Walmart's new self forced self checkouts and I'm kind of a jerk and I go and ask for a checker and which they, in my story, they, you, they're, they're like gone, but I demand one. And I remember being pissed off about it cause I don't like it. I don't, you know, if you want to pay me to, why don't you just pay me to restock your shelves too while you're, while I'm at it, uh, other than bag my own groceries. But, uh, I, the guy came out, the cashier came out and he was friendly and I, he goes, huh, how's your day going? He goes, uh, you know, what's your hat about? Was, what's that about? And, and he was like really super nice to me. And it made my experience totally flip from a very negative one to a very positive one. And is that an example of a guy who is is one of those people like Matthew's talking about, where you can connect to a person who's a great brand inside of your company and is going to help change a uh, customer's perception of you? Well, you, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Right? Ah. Um, so, so, so that that's a great example where you actually have an interface between a customer mm. and an employee, and it's and it's a positive one. Um, and, and if that employee hasn't bought into the culture, hasn't, you know, doesn't like their, uh, you know, their job, I mean, everybody should be passionate and, and love going to work every day, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they would love, they should, they should love their job. If you're miserable, that comes right across your face and it comes across on in your interactions with other people, whether you're a clerk in a Walmart or, a, a, you know, head sales guy or head purchasing guy. I mean, 
Yeah, lo love what you do. If you're not loving what you do, life is too short. Go find something else to do. There you go. And that's probably a good reason to hire people who love what they do. Uh, you know, and and I, I, there's probably a lot of experiences I could cite that, you know, I've had trouble with. Uh, I don't like a brand or I don't like the experience I'm having. And sometimes someone can jump in and you can tell they enjoy their job. They enjoy what they do. You know, I, I've told people, even if you don't like what you do or maybe you don't find you're in the career or job that you do, do your best work work hard because it's a muscle that you build. Like, you know, I have a lot of people that I don't like working where I'm at and I want to go be an entrepreneur. I'm like, well, are you phoning it in where you work? Yeah. Well, it's a lot of work to be an entrepreneur. And when I work for other people that I didn't like or, you know, toxic cultures, et cetera, et cetera, I did my best work. I just worked my hardest. I, I performed the best because in my mind it was practice to be better at what I do. Uh, so you talk about, um, you talk about the four keys, uh, who you are, your vision, your strategy uh, as a growth strategy, and the members of your team. Um, so uh, it, what's the growth strategy that you want to plan for in the C-suite? How, how do you envision that and apply that? Well, look, everybody wants to be better than they were there before. You know, if you're Not a company, me. you want to have more. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get that yeah, well, you know, at a certain age, you may say, okay, maybe I'm more... Yeah, I'm just, I'm at the fucking age. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that's that's the idea of life. I want to be better tomorrow. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I like to have five books out tomorrow instead of one. Um, I want to be healthier tomorrow. I want to be more active tomorrow. So I, I want to continue to grow. So a healthy strategy, I, I believe, is a growth strategy. Mm -hmm. um, now, where people make a mistake is um, they skip align their strategy with their vision and and vision is extremely important we kind of skipped over it um every every company every individual should have a very simple vision statement for their life one for my life is man of god leader men so anytime i have to make any major decisions i run it against that and say it doesn't honor god and is it a leadership role mm -hmm. uh and if if it doesn't i don't do it if it does then i probably do it right um so what you want to do and, and and healthy vision statements are really simple Right, you take okay. two athletic companies, Nike, we unleash human potential, Puma is we're the fastest brand on earth. Very different statements, both very successful companies, right? Mm -hmm. um, so make sure you have a, a, a clear vision statement that people can buy into, people can understand it. I love Coca-Cola, we refresh the world. Anybody who's associated with Coca-Cola knows it's about refreshment and it's about global distribution, right? So it's easy to buy into, it's easy to understand. So once you have that vision statement, then what you do is you build a strategy to continue to support and move along that line for that vision statement. And mm -hmm. where companies and people get in trouble is they build a strategy and they get distracted by their latest, you know, shiny object. Oh, competition is doing this. The market yeah, is doing this. Yeah, my is doing this. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of get reared off. And uh, and one of the companies that I, I use as an example is Kodak. I mean, uh -huh. if you look at Kodak back in my Colgate days, right? Colgate and Kodak did this great joint promotion uh, to send a picture of your biggest smile. Right? They did a global promotion where Kodak people were taking pictures of people's smiles for Colgate, right? For their, for your teeth and and Kodak film. And and Kodak was a their mission statement or vision statement was to be the best imaging company in the world. Mm -hmm. And and they just kind of lost of uh, that that whole you know, area of, of what their vision was 
and they thought they were a filmmaking manufacturing company. I mean, yeah. they made, with today's technology, if they just stuck to their vision to being the best imaging company in the world they, where they could be. And, and they're just a, a formal, you know, fraction of themselves because they got, you know, distracted by the latest shiny object doing stupid things, you know, American, mm -hmm. American can became a insurance company or something like that. And they went out of business. I mean, you know, stick to your vision. There you go. Don't change that every year. Let me ask you this. Do I need to, as a personal brand, do I need to have a vision or byline or motto? Like maybe I should make one Chris Voss, sexiest man in the world. And I just put that on a shirt wear around the office or you know i'm just being funny but uh should, should you maybe you have a per as a personal branch you have a motto like i think ours is the chris foss show the family that loves you but doesn't judge you i don't know maybe <laughs> yeah, you should right because uh like i said anytime you come at a crossroads on on on, on doing that that you you and it could be a big one it could be like uh, you know one of the one of the things that happened to me way back when, and, um, and, my, and my wife knows this, so it's no surprise to her, but uh, I was doing, a, a, I was a CEO of a large company and we were doing a, an offsite meeting in, um, I think it was Romania somewhere. So, you know, we had a great event. And after the event, I got invited out for some of the folks to, to one of the local clubs and we're dancing and having, you know, having a great time and headed back to the hotel. And, you know, in the hotel lobby, this, one of the, the the brand managers was kind of look at looking at me with puppy eyes and uh you know i i, I could have done two things there right i could have kind of gone with the invitation or kind of running against my vision statement and say okay if i'm a leader of men and a man of god how's that honoring my family even though mm -hmm. i'm thousands of miles away and if i wake up in the morning you know how do i face my management team uh, or my leadership team uh am i really a leader you know taking that choice Mm -hmm. uh, so even little decisions like that, you run it against your vision statement and helps you, you know, it gives you clarity There you uh, go. and gives you a really, it gives you a really quick answer of what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And the book is filled with stories of leaders who've successfully led teams, inspirational quotes, mm -hmm. lessons, and, uh, companies that got it right. Uh, you want to tease out any of the stories that you have uh, packed in the book? Or a, well, a short, a, short synopsis. A million, I don't want to make you read a there's chapter. There's a million stories. Uh, no, no. I, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll use my wife again. I mean, one of the great stories I love in the beginning of this book is everybody sort of says, look, I'll, I'll become an influencer. I'll become a leader when I have the budgets, uh, when I have the corner office, when I have the title. And I would encourage all your listeners to say, look, no matter where you are in your life, you can take a leadership role. And you said this yourself. And uh, back in, uh, most people remember where they were in 9-11. And mm -hmm. in 9-11, we were living in London. We were just outside of the, uh, the Heathrow Airport. Um, and 9-11 happens, and, and Kathy's watching Sky News, and she's kind of distraught because, you know, what's happening. And, and she sees all these people stranded at Heathrow Airport. So she mm -hmm. she feels compelled to help. She's not in New York. We had a lot of friends in the fire department, four guys that we lost that we knew closely. And uh, Kathy said, look, I got to do something. I don't know what it is. She got in a car. She went out to Terminal 4, which was the international terminal at that time, and um, just said, how can I help? And and people were like, well, you know, um, all the hotel rooms are booked, so we're sleeping on the floors. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, Heathrow was one of the most expensive airports and some people were out of money. They couldn't you know, afford to eat. And, you know, you can see British here getting on national TV and say, look, it's an act of war. We're not responsible. Everybody's on their own. Mm -hmm. So 
light goes on in Kathy's head. She said, look, you know, we're expats, right? Everybody's got big houses with plenty of room, uh, plenty of refrigerators full of food and stuff. She said, well, why don't we host these people? So she got on the, the phone tree with the, the other, you know, spouses that uh, are part of the national community and say, hey, can you host, can you host, can you host? Um, and before you know it, we got the school bus out at the airport and we're taking people back to the school parking lot and wow. folks are taking them home and, and hosting them. And then the next day, uh, there was four international schools in London. So four schools are on board now. So you got four times as many houses. You got four times wow. as many families to host. Right. So, and you can read about this. You'll, you'll Google it on the internet. You'll find it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now imagine this 9 11. The second day after 9 11, British Air walks up to my wife and says, Hey, we love what you're doing. And naturally they loved it because she was like a knight in shining armor. Everybody was bitching at British Air people. And, you know, she's easing all that tension. So she said, hey, Here's a badge for you. Whatever you need, just come and, you know. So they gave her an honorary British Air badge and turned 9 11. <laughs> During the biggest security crisis to go, you know, card lunch, you know, we'll help you with anything you want. Um, the third day, her phone rings and uh, she's been in Terminal 4, so, you know, mostly British Air. So, phone rings third day, it's Virgin Atlantic. Right? Hey, you know, Kathy, is this Kathy Ash? She goes, Well, we got a flight going to the US, it's got 80 seats on it. If you want to send 80 people to the airport, they got, you know, rights back home. All right? So, you can see that influence growing. And, and look, the, the moral of the story is if it was about budgets, if it was about the corner office, I was the guy. Yeah. Right? I, I was CEO of a large company. I, I could have put money towards it. I could have put, uh, but it wasn't about that. It was just finding a cause and and stepping in and taking a leadership role to say, look, this is a good cause. Let's rally around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let's build a team around it. Um, and, and look, after the problem was gone, the team was gone. I mean, the team was disturbed. So, you know, that's also a lesson for, for companies is, is that when crisis happened, when things happen, uh, it doesn't have to come from the top, right? If you have the right culture, you can have people just organize inside an organization, maybe a temporary team, a leader steps up and say, we got a problem. Let's mm-hmm. solve this problem. Right. There you go. And he could be an individual, like you know, a guy in Walmart. You know, mm-hmm. you've got a problem. Yeah, I he fixes it for the customer and makes it. him happy. Yeah, yeah. We see this a lot in the military too. The military, uh, for the U.S. military, I should specify, uh, has a really great thing where they teach everyone to lead. And so, if there's any point in the chain of command where there's a failure, you know, your your commander is missing down killed in action whatever the case may be there the everyone can still operate as take the lead and operate as a as a unit um without having to you know wait for the pentagon to send them is it okay if we uh, cross the ravine you know that sort of thing and it makes for a brilliant strategy for them uh let's tease out some of the things that you do i'm looking at your website you've got several services you offer you've got workshops and leadership development, executive coaching, masterminds, keynote speaking, strategic consulting. Tell us about some of the things you do there and how you interact and help people succeed. Well, mostly you, you come into the company and, and usually somebody has a problem. Right? They invite you in because there's a problem. It may be a, a problem with uh, lack of growth. It may be a problem with uh, people not getting along. Uh, it may be a, 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 a kind of coming up with a a new vision to where the company should be going. So they are, they are struggling with a question, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then me and my team come in. And by the way, 
I have two other great guys, good friends. Uh, one is a Navy SEAL, retired Navy SEAL. He's oh, got there a you go. coming out. So, so I'll give him a plug as well. Uh, his name is Kyle. Uh, he's also published by Harper Collins, like I am. And uh, what's the name of his book? Overrated. What's the name Leadership of his is book? Overrated. Uh, we've had him on the show. It's in yeah, the Kyle can. Bucket. Yeah, I believe so. I think I think we've had him on the show. Leadership I believe it's is overrated. Yeah, I think it's yeah, we've had him on the show and it's in the can until September fifth or August or something. Yeah, his yeah. book is coming out in, in a couple of days, yeah. 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 Um yeah. so he's a good friend and him, myself and Chris, you know, we're uh big preachers, proponents of of uh self led teams that are inside of organizations and that's exactly how the SEALs work, you know. Um, yeah. and once you read Kyle's book you'll you'll understand that. And so there's that that's a great book as well. Mm -hmm. Um Funny enough, you know, I, I started when, when Kyle came out with his book, I started reading his book and I said, Kyle, you know, we come from two different worlds, but we look at the world very same, right? Uh, yeah. The, the way I look at and empowering people and making them successful and the way you look at it, uh, we got there from two different places, but we got to the same place. There you go. Yeah, we, we've got that in the can. We've just been holding it for the release date, but yeah, August 29th, leadership is already. And we had a great discussion. We talked about some of the military stuff that we, you and I talked about. Uh, there's some other cool things that you offer on your website, uh, a virtual workshop under the product area and 16 Laws of Communication Virtual Mastermind. Tell us about that and how you can help people succeed with those things that you're doing. Well, I'm also, uh, I don't know if you've heard of John Maxwell, but John Maxwell has been around for, you know, he's in his 80s now, and um, he has a team, and I met John back in 2005, and he's been my mentor since. Yeah. Um, I joined I joined his team back in uh, early 2000, I think 13 or 14. Um, so I license all his products. Uh, oh, wow. So I can use my, I can use my own materials, or I can use John Maxwell's materials um, to really help address whatever that c-suite whatever the c-suite leader is 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 really struggling with and, and look the fact is um i try to market the c-suite leaders of companies between 20 and 300 million why 20 to 300 million well if their revenue is less than 20 million they're probably like not really thinking about things like culture and vision and strategic growth and right, because they're you know trying to pay the bills and everything you know they're just trying to entrepreneurs trying to get started so mm -hmm. um if under 20 million they probably don't need no, they don't think they need me they probably do need me but they don't think they need me um and then if it's over 300 million they probably go to the deloitte touches of the world the boston consultings they don't yeah. go to the tom caresties of the world so that's the sweet spot between 20 and 300 million i work with sweet you know c-suite three leaders um you know senior leaders and you know the first thing like alcoholic is anonymous you know in order for you to get help you got to recognize you got a problem there you right. go. Uh, so some, so sometimes it's a it's a tough call because maybe somebody in the organization, you know, wants to get my and recruit my help. So we have to softly approach that leader to say, look, there is a problem, and uh, and you could use some help. There you go. And and there's always you always need to improve. You always need help. There's always, you know, I, I learned a long time ago with my companies. You know, I used to innovate a lot and, and do all the stuff and. And then I kind of, uh, you know, it got harder as the companies got bigger. And I learned that I'm not the arbitrator of the corner of all the great ideas in the world. I learned that very quickly. And sometimes my employees or sometimes uh, customers or, you know, there's, there's all sorts of different ideas and concepts and people that, of course, have learned to do it better. 
when you approach some of these things and as an entrepreneur, you, you're coming up and you're, you know, a lot of stuff you learn on the fly. And so having a second mind or having a mindset where you're like, Hey, let's constantly be improving as we've talked about in the show is really important because if you're not constantly challenging yourself and improving yourself, well, you can get stuck in a lot of feedback loops where you BS yourself and, and you're just, uh, you know, listen to your stuff. Uh, tell us about the mastermind group. Well, there's two different ways to solve a problem. One is called a workshop. One is called a mastermind. And the mm -hmm. definition between the two for me is, is a mastermind is getting a bunch of people together around a table. You're not really looking for a specific outcome. You basically mm -hmm. say, look, here's, here's a, here's a, an issue, maybe a global issue, maybe a company issue. It's a topic. You have a facilitator and people around the round table talk about it and contribute, share their stories and learn from each other. But there's really no desired specific outcome. With a workshop, there's a desired specific outcome to say, look, we got a problem. We got to solve. Mm -hmm. So let's put a workshop around it. And, and it may be, like I said, the team's not functioning well. Uh, maybe it's a toxic culture. Maybe the company doesn't have vision. So it could be a myriad of things. And, and then you build a workshop around that to try to solve that specific problem with a desired outcome. So that's how I separate masterminds from workshops. There you go. What do you find most people are struggling with nowadays? Is it lack of good quality leadership? Is it lack of a good culture? What, what do you think is the number one problem, would you say? I think the number one problem is is not good leadership. And the reason uh, that there's two reasons why there's not good leadership. Um, one is a lot of companies, like I mentioned to you, promote uh, people who are very good at something. So uh, one of the companies you mentioned was uh, Record Bank Keyser. Well, Record Bank Keyser, they had a habit of promoting um, very good marketeers because they were a very good consumer goods company, very highly market oriented, and they would imply, they would appoint general managers for who are very good marketeers. Now, they also appointed me as a general manager and I knew marketing, but I was not a one of the best marketing guys on the block. But, yeah. you know, I took a comp I took a company that was about 40 million and made it about 68 million and oh. they were losing about two, two million. And then by the time I left two and a half years later, they were making four million. And oh. but my approach to it was really empowering the people and enabling the people to become successful and for the company to be successful. I didn't come down and say, okay, this is the marketing things we should do, which is some of the, some of my colleagues did. And, and they kind of looked at that company and said, well, we really don't understand what's going on, but we sure like the results. <laughs> there you go. Right. And, and one of the nicest things that I heard is, is when I was moving on two and a half years later to something bigger and better, they had a going away party for me. And my CFO said, Tom, we just want to thank you for believing in us and making us believe in ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, okay. um, and, and and that was the nicest compliment I could ever ask for. Right? There you go. Uh, and that's what it boils down to. You create a healthy environment uh, as a servant leader for people to be successful. It's not about leadership, about me calling the shots and is the highway to, and the, the highway or the, you know, my way. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of leaders are so absorbed in themselves and, and rightly so because they went through the corporate ladder they got many promotions they were successful so they really think it's all about them and mm -hmm. the second that you re, you re recognize that it's not about you mm -hmm. but it's about something much bigger than you that's the first step for becoming a better leader there you go uh always improving and then i guess we'll get a last plug in here you have uh, you're going to be alive to lead 
half day leadership development experience. So you want to get a plug in for that? Yeah, Lift to Lead. It's uh, yeah. Uh, if you're in San Diego, stop by. Uh, we have limited seating. Uh, you could also watch it online. Uh, so if you just go to my website, uh, pull down the Lift to Lead tab. It's uh, again, it's a uh, it's associated with the John Maxwell organization. This is something they do every year. Uh, they have four great keynotes this year. Every year they have some great keynotes. Yeah, uh, and it you, you learn how to become a better leader. Uh, so whether you watch it online or you come join us as a person in San Diego, we'd love to have you. There you go. Should be fun. Well, uh, people are going to learn a lot from your book and your experience and everything you've done in life. Uh, give us your dot com one more time so people can find you on the interwebs, please. Uh, you got to the same place. Uh, either my last name, which is Karesti, K E R E S Z T I dot com. And you can just find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Amazon. Um, and it'll get you to leadershipdisciples.com, which is uh, the host site. There you go. Uh, Tom, it's been wonderful, insightful to have you on the show, inspiring. And uh, hopefully we can get some people to uh, uh, reach out and contact you and get to know you better. What's the best way to do that so people can get involved in what you do? Uh, I would say the easiest is LinkedIn. Uh-huh. Just approach you there, uh, send you a message, and interact yeah. with you. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn is such a wonderful place. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. There you go. And thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate you as well. We appreciate all of you. Well, except for that one guy in the back. I don't know, the, the guy with the blue shirt there in the back. Oh, wait, I'm wearing a blue shirt. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know what any of that means, but it sounded funny at the time in my head. Uh, go to goodreads.com forward slash Chris Voss, YouTube.com forward slash Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com forward slash Chris Voss, and Chris Voss one on TikTok. We finally found an AI to cut up our content, put in really cool little pieces with all the stuff. So go over there and support the show. We certainly appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. There you go. Off we go, Tom. Great show, man.